Hi, I'm Siobhan, your sales how-to gal. We've reached the end of the year, which is a super busy time for me from both a law practice and a sales standpoint. Nonetheless, I have three podcast episodes remaining for 2022, and they all relate to client economics. So please explore that topic with me over the next three weeks or so. No matter the size of your client, large, medium, small, or the type of client, a corporate, government, or individual client, that client has a budget and that client reacts to the economy. So I want to share what I'm seeing and what my experience and knowledge tell me about how spenders are likely to behave in response to certain economic factors, the prevailing factors of inflation and a pending uh, recession. We'll do that in three parts. One part or episode is about pricing in an inflationary or recessionary uh, market. The second episode is about sales opportunities that exist in a post-COVID economy where you can look for growth. Because even in a recession, somebody will be buying. So we need to know where to look for these opportunities. And the third episode will be about access to justice or how to serve the lower end of the market when small businesses and family budgets become more and more strained. Before I delve into this episode on pricing, I need to provide, by way of background, the premises on which my thinking and commentary is based. That way, you'll be able to decide whether you believe my solutions or suggestions will be helpful to you or are correct at all. Uh, First, we all know that the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates in order to bring inflation down to 2%. At least that's, that's the Fed's objective. But it's not often clear what the base number is that the Fed is using. See, stopping inflation from continuing to rise at the rapid pace at which it's been rising is quite different from returning uh, to the pre-inflation pricing that existed pre-COVID. The rate hikes are beginning to cool inflation, but government intervention that returns us to pre-COVID pricing adjusted by inflation at a rate of 2% per annum is much trickier and more painful to achieve. That's because the high prices that large companies passed along to the consumer for the past 18 months have trickled down so that businesses of all sizes have increased their prices and pass their increased cost on to their consumers. So this is a new form of trickle-down economics, if you will, trickle-down inflation. Now, I live in Miami, which has experienced above-average inflation. Here, prices have increased by more than 20%, rather than the 8 to 9% that the Fed has been complaining about or worried about. My small my small business health insurance plan premium increased by 22%. My car insurance is up 21%. The condo maintenance fees are up 20% because the property insurance increased by that much. Um, and really no vendor has missed out on the action. 
the post office box that I rent from my office increased by 25%. You know, some grocers, such as Whole Foods, have increased prices on everything from beans to meat by more than 50%. Just as specific examples, a can of organic kidney beans cost 99 cents pre-COVID, and they're now $1.49. Is it is $1.49 too much? No, but it's a big jump, 50% jump over what it used to cost. A pound of organic chicken used to cost $3.79. Now it's $6.99. So it adds up. And then there are the small businesses. I've increased my legal fees by 20% because I needed a raise to pay everybody else who was charging me 20% more. My hairstylist went up by 20%, as did the nail salon that I frequent. My freelance housekeeper also went up by exactly 20%. And I think she now makes more an hour than I do. But I digress. Now, are we all going to increase our prices by an additional 20% next year? No. It will be too difficult to find enough customers who could shop at that price point. I mean, there is a point where I will clean, where I'll clean my own house, right? So inflation really can't continue at the same pace year over year. But the real question is, are we going to cut our prices by 15% next year to get back to pre-COVID pricing plus the 2% inflation per annum that we used to have? And the answer to that is not unless everyone stops buying legal services, haircuts, and kidney beans, thereby forcing us to reduce our prices. People don't just give back money once they have it. Of course, the Fed says it's not trying to induce a recession. Rather, it's trying to achieve a soft landing where inflation cools without a deep recession. However, that will require businesses to act unnaturally. It will require companies to give back price hikes that they've been able to enforce even as customers continue to pay those higher prices. I happen to be of the opinion that businesses don't reduce prices unless they are forced to because they lose customers and market share. Therefore, if we continue to pay high airfare, hotel, and car rental prices, those vendors will continue to charge them. That's what they're supposed to do when you think about it. So now you know the premise that I'm working with when I discuss how to price legal services in the current market. That's what this podcast episode is about pricing in an, in an inflationary and or recessionary market. I've done pricing episodes before, but the market wasn't as hazardous then as it has become. So I believe it's, it's time to revisit that topic and give advice that fits the moment. In this moment, I'm not advocating that lawyers run out and reduce our prices indiscriminately for 2023 in order to help with inflation. Rather, I'm advocating intentional market-based pricing. You can't charge more than the market will bear. And the profession shouldn't get caught flat-footed, okay? So let's take a look at the current market for legal services at various price points. I'm going to do big law, small law, and boutique law. 
separately. And then I'll summarize what the general um, advice is, starting with big law now. Um, 2021 last year was a banner year at the high end of the legal market. They saw more deals and uh, tremendous volume. I'm not sure if the hourly rates charged were significantly higher, but there was a great deal of volume that in, allowed um, a lot of hiring and uh, kept the industry very busy and generated um, larger revenues than, than the the profession had seen. 2022 has not kept pace, however. There have been far fewer deals in IPOs this year than last. And because a recession is predicted by all of the um, most respected economists, that does not bode well for 2023 um, being much better than 2022. So um, there should not, there's not expected to be an increase in um, legal spending for 2024. Therefore, revenue is down for big law due to less volume, less corporate activity. I don't think reducing prices would cause businesses to do more deals simply to take advantage of lower transaction costs. Therefore, it doesn't make sense to make any pricing adjustments on special transactional work at the high end. You'll get no benefit from it, I don't think. However, the fact that special work like M&A and IPOs isn't impacted much by price doesn't mean that pricing can't be important for ongoing, more routine work that companies must buy throughout all phases of the economic cycle. Um, and those types of practices, creative pricing may be a driver of renewals and new business. Of course, with salary and benefit cost having risen and productivity perhaps already at a ceiling, a price cut means a reduction in profitability now. It's not going to be passed um, passed on to the consumer. It's going to be imposed upon the business owner, which, of course, is where the Fed wants it. My advice would be to nurture the relationships, your business relationships, and to keep the business, even if it's slightly less profitable, because your client is making less money and everyone will sooner or later be forced to stop paying inflated prices. So I would look at each practice area and see where you can drive high pricing and where that sort of pricing is not likely to be long sustainable. Also do this regionally. It may be possible to drive fees in some regions and not others. Miami, Austin, Texas, and certain parts of Utah are popular markets um, where legal services have, in, have increased and it may be possible to begin to bring the fees in those localities in with what your firm is accustomed to making in the San Francisco, New York, and um, Chicago markets. Maybe not completely on par, but, but certainly closer to what's been earned in the mature markets. So suffice it to say that a lot of attention should be devoted to pricing in the coming year. If a downturn lasts longer than the year 2023, equity partners may have to give some thought to having labor share in the reduced revenues by reducing bonuses, if not base salaries. 
but I wouldn't go to that in the first year of the downturn. Um, I think it's bad for recruiting and um, retention of your best talent. Next, I'm gonna skip, small, skip to small law and come back to mid-size or specialty boutiques a bit later. If you service clients with less than 50 million per year in revenue, like I do, or you serve individuals, even high net worth individuals, these segments of the legal market feel less urgency around procuring legal services. They will delay legal work or forego it altogether if the services aren't affordable. Therefore, price increases for this market are more difficult to hold, but you still have to analyze your pricing uh, strategy by practice area and by region. If your region doesn't experience a recession and you have entrenched yourself with your clients, there's little reason to cut your pay by reducing your fees. Also, if you have a practice that does well in a recession, such as mine, I have a regulatory practice, um, or labor and employment practices do well in, in a recession, that's a second example. It may, may, may not make sense in those instances to give back your windfall that you earn during, the, during this period of um, rapid inflation. Keep it on those. It's what a rational business person does, right? If on the other hand, you work in trust and estates or corporate law or family law, you may want to use, let's call it compassionate pricing as a driver of sales. With these practice areas, you should expect to give back some of the price hike that you were able to drive over the past year and a half. You'll also be able to be a bit stingier with your benefits because your labor force will have less opportunity to move up to a, to a larger firm class. And they'll also have less desire to strike out on their own in this tough market for sales. I would be proactive with my existing clients and let them know that if they renew for next year, you'll give them a 5% reduction from last year's price or you'll add a service enhancement that they value, not something that you just want to give away that won't have much value to them. Um, but you'll give them something at no cost, more services at the same price or reduce the price. This proactiveness may um, prevent some of them from uh, cutting their budget significantly for legal services or waiting uh, to get those legal services at a later time. Um, to attract new logos, I stress both the satisfaction of my current clients, using them as examples and, having, and using them in your um, prospecting process. And I'd also use the fact that you're not raising prices next year um, because you recognize that inflation has gotten out of control and that you feel that you are in this with your clients, you know, this, this, whatever this is, that's basically in quotation marks, but we're in this together kind of, kind of thinking. I would not offer the new logo, the 5% discount that I'm offering to renewals for two reasons. One, it negates the feeling of specialness that your repeat clients um, will expect. And remember, repeat clients are better than new clients because you already know how to serve them. You've worked out a lot of the kinks 
you know how to please them. And they really hate change. They aren't likely to jump ship unless they have a reason. So repeat clients are the best. The second reason that you don't want to, um, for the discount to your new logos is because of the learning curve that exists whenever you bring in a new, a new logo. You have to learn their personnel. You have to learn how their company works internally. And you also don't know what shape their files are in or the extent of the, the matter. You don't have all the facts. And so you don't want to go into that new representation at too much of a discount. Otherwise, you could end up losing money. And this isn't about losing money. This is about seeing how to um, price, profitably price your, your services in a difficult market. Now, let's go back to boutique law firms. What about pricing for them? Legal boutiques are perhaps the most dependent on reputation, on their marketing, and on, and on their relationships of all legal firms. Your clients choose you due to a combination of your deep expertise, coupled with the better pricing that you can offer vis-a-vis uh, -vis big law. You have to ensure that your pricing remains a discount compared to big law, even if you work in a recessionary practice area. So even if you're a labor and employment boutique, an advantage you have over big law is that your clients often lack the in-house resources to do the work themselves so that they don't have the option of bringing that work in-house. In, in they do, however, have the option of hiring um, someone if your pricing is more expensive than it would, would cost for them to add a headcount. So you want to be careful about that. How does the region uh, in which you practice factor into boutique law pricing? Um, many boutiques, mine for example, we have national scope and within their area, whether it's affordable housing or public finance, they um, work across state lines. And the pricing usually already aligns with each region. So they don't charge the same thing in New Orleans that they charge in New York, for example. So you'll have to continue to be competitive with your fees on a bi-region basis. Um, so when you serve clients who, who are in a declining region, you can expect to make more concessions than you would in a region that's booming economically. So to summarize for all types of firms, in an inflationary and or recessionary economy, being viewed as a trusted partner is key to client retention. Legal fees should align with the region and should be sensitive to the market pressures for the type of matter or practice area in which you're selling. If you find yourself giving back price hikes from prior years, Make sure you get rewarded with loyalty for, for your sacrifice. Always tell a client when they're getting a deal and tell them why. Consider creating or at least communicating a loyalty program that rewards existing clients based upon the length of their, their relationship with you and the volume of business that the client has done with your firm. I'm Siobhan, your sales how-to gal. Join me next time when we'll explore the best sales opportunities in the post-COVID economy. Until then.